That was intense, one hundred percent to say the least. Uh, yeah. So we're just gonna break down Wandavision episode five. I'm Rob Fishbeck. I'm your host. Welcome back to another episode of Renaissance Man. This is the Wandavision spoiler review section of the program. It is late. It is very late. Holy fuck. This show is getting better and better. I said this before on the program, and I'm going to say it again. The first two episodes, you know, I took them for what they were. I hoped that the entire series wouldn't be that way, but understood in Kevin Feige we trust, correct? In, in Feige we trust. We, he's earned it at this point, right? So, first two episodes, fine. Some people really liked the sitcom aspect. I was lukewarm on it. It was cool for one episode, the second one, okay. Then we got the third one, we learned a little more. Then we got the fourth one that I had expected it to be, which would be something that would go off of what the trajectory that they were on. And that's exactly what they did. But tonight, it all came full circle. Because you got to live in both worlds at the exact same time. And it was fucking awesome. Welcome Chris Lemchi, Legoland, Matt Munoz. Hello everybody. Um, the Family Ties opening, that was great. Yeah, 100%. I mean, fuck. They did it. I, they did it. I mean, we're, we'll get to all that. But... It's late. So, when the whole thing started and Agnes's character made the comment, like, do you want me to do it again? And she was, like, breaking character. I said to myself, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Wanda's going to start to figure out what the fuck's going on. Sure enough, that's exactly the case. Here's where we're at, though. Because if you're watching this, you have seen the episode. If, especially if you're watching this live at, at this time of the morning. I don't know what to feel about Wanda right now. Because on one end, like, total sympathy. I get what's going on, right? She wants to live in this fantasy world, right? But at the same time, she's controlling all the minds of all of these people. And we saw that office scene with Vision and his co-worker where we found out they, they know what's going down. And, I mean, holy fuck. The mind control that she has over these people are crazy. Uh, Loco Man question mark says, do you think Ghost Rider will join the MCU because of Mephisto? That would be fucking awesome. I mean, maybe. But, okay, so... I'm going to jump to the ending and then we'll go back and we'll kind of just bring it all around. So now that we know that Pietro's back and it's played by Evan Peters from the X-Men 20th Century Fox universe, right? Okay. But what was the line that was said? She recast Pietro. Now, we don't know exactly if Evan Peters is uh, uh, Quicksilver, right? 
somehow made it into that world all on his own, or if it's, you know, they just aged themselves again, correct? But the bottom line is this. We still have no idea if this is the Evan Peters from the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe, or this is somebody else playing the MCU version of her brother, Quicksilver. We don't know. So to go back to the whole point about Ghost Rider, there is a way to bring other people that have played, whether it's within the MCU or MCU adjacent, right, from ABC or some of the other networks, right? There's a way to bring them into this world, and it's through Westview, New Jersey. Who would have thought, out of all the places, Westview, New Jersey would be the fucking place that this shit would be going down. This is crazy. Lego says, I love the sitcom aspect. Family Ties is fun in the opening commercials. No, it's great. And I like the balance of it now. The first two, it was very strict. It just followed the whole, like, 22, 23-minute format. Where I really embrace the sitcom thing now because there's a balance with currently what's going on in the storytelling. So, yeah. Uh, Chris Lumpy says, I think she might be controlled too. Notice how she was surprised at the end. Uh, no, 100%. Like, and Vision made that point when they were in the kitchen when she started rolling the credits and she said she wanted to go to bed. His comment to her was, um, you know, you can't, you know, you can't control me like you can, you can control them, right? But that at the same time, I don't think she knows exactly what's going on because he had made the point to her did this let me guess this all started in your subconscious and then you just recently realized i'm paraphrasing but you just recently realized that you're in control i think she is now just realizing that she is in control now is it by her own doing is it by mephisto is it by somebody else we don't know it's all just pure speculation at this point we can look for clues and we can dissect things but it's still all just pure speculation. We don't have enough facts. We don't have enough evidence. But what we do know is, based on inference, she was not aware the whole time, probably until the scene with, uh, with Monica Rambeau where she cast her out. The, the scene with the glass in episode two was definitely some foreshadowing. In episode one, when Vision pulled the, the uh, food out of the uh, his coworker, his boss's throat, right? That was a little bit of foreshadowing. But the third episode, when she stood toe-to-toe with Monica Rambeau, that's, I think, when the light bulb first went on. And then she probably went back into into denial, right? Some time moved forward. And now we're here. She's, she, it's all unraveling. It's all unraveling. And now that Vision knows everything, right? Well, at least he knows what he knows. That this world's going to start to crumble. And it's going to be interesting. I want to know who Darcy Lewis called, Dr. Darcy. I want to know who she called. I think it's Bruce Banner. I'm not going to lie. I think she called Bruce Banner. If she didn't call Bruce Banner, it's probably Dr. Strange. Unless it's Reed Richards. And if fucking John Krasinski comes walking in as Reed Richards at the end of this show, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. Oh. Yeah, that dude was in agony. I know, for sure. Uh, Wanda, do you think I am controlling all of this? I don't know how all of this started in the first one. Right. Also notice that Norm didn't say Wanda. He just was calling her her because he was referring to Agnes really being behind this. 
That's very interesting, Chris Lemke. That's a very interesting um, comment. Yeah, no, I remember that scene. That's what's so cool about these shows is that, you you know, just everybody picks up on little different things, and then you bring them all to the table, and it's like, we've got this jigsaw puzzle. We're going to put it together, and we're going to figure this shit out. We're going to figure it out together. So, yeah, we can all agree Hayward is a dick, Yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, spark, uh, Sparky teased. Yeah, for sure. Westview is the 1955 Back to the Future reference of uh, M the MCU. I heard someone said Iron Lad. Oh, that would be interesting. You mean Monica when she said, I know an aerospace engineer. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, yeah, Bruce Banner's not that, but I could. it's still within the realm. It would it would make sense, especially if Ruffalo is going to be popping into She-Hulk. Um, he's obviously willing to establish himself within the television verse of the MCU, but an aerospace engineer, yeah, I mean, it, there's a few options that it could be, unless it's fucking Captain Marvel. Like, how crazy would that be if fucking Captain Marvel showed up? They're saying Luke Skywalker level cameo at, you know, within this series, towards with uh, within this season towards the end. So, I don't know. That would be fucking insane, though. Alright, so we're kind of already all over the place. I want to know what the fuck's going down with Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Because when the comment is made about um, Captain Marvel, she kind of like, she kind of gives off that vibe like, uh, like, don't bring her up. Like, she's mad at her or there's some bad blood, right? There's something that's going on. I'm telling you. There's something that's going on between Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau right now because the attitude that she gave off in that five seconds said to me, there's a story that we're not aware of yet that has happened, right? Um, yeah, no, Monica did not seem to want Captain Marvel at all, says Lego, 100%. There's a story of something that happened that we're not aware of yet that we're probably going to find out Hopefully in this series, because Captain Marvel 2 is a way, it, it, that's, that's a little ways away. So there's definitely something that went down. I'm so curious to know what it is. Let me know if you all have any thoughts. Um, this is fucking great. This is, this is just a great. How about the Legos paper towel commercial? How crazy was that? Like, and there was no, I didn't notice a Hydra plug in that one. Like, like you did in the other ones. Um. This one was pretty cool, the, the, the paper towels bit. I liked it. Uh, Cruz, dis, uh, oh man. Cruz Den Esto says, I liked it from going to the sitcom to the real world aspect. Sorry if I butchered your name. Yeah, no, 100%. I love that as well. It's, it's, a, it's a great balance between the two. And that's what works for me, is that you go to Wanda's world, and it's truly Wanda's world, and everybody gets um, to en embrace these, like, decades sitcoms like all these different decades and then it brings us back into what's currently going on and how they're going to solve this problem that they seem to have the scene when wanda came walk walking out and she and she fucking throws the missile down and she's like fuck this shit you know this is your only warning don't ever come and bother me again right that was amazing that was just fucking awesome I mean, she knows. She knows what the fuck's going on at this point. It's it's so great. Um, let me know your, your guys' thoughts in the comments. And if you're watching this after the facts, fat, if 
you're watching this after the fact, good Lord, I can't speak. Leave it in the comment section after the video. Thank you all for joining me live right now. This is fucking great. Any other questions, comments, concerns, put them in the chat. Put them in the Streamlabs, streamlabs.com backslash Rob Fishbeck. This is wild. Uh, Lego says, Legos, which is sad. She feels so guilty on top of being so crushed by grief. Yes, exactly, right? Chris Lemchi says, I think Monica just feels like Captain Marvel abandoned her and her mom. Wasn't there for them when they, yeah, right. Her mom got sick quickly, probably some resentment towards that. That makes sense. That makes sense. But that being said, it's been, I don't, okay, so it's been at least, so 90, 1994, was that Captain Marvel? So it's been 20-something years. I don't know. I mean, I get it 100%, and that makes sense, Chris Lemchi. I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am saying, though, is I feel that between Endgame and what's going on right now, there's no way in hell that Captain Marvel and her did not meet up. There's, they had to have met up because Captain Marvel comes, right? She comes back. They're in the fight with Thanos. All the stuff that happens afterward, the, the you know, the fallout. Um, you know, she wait, you know, she comes back, you know, from, in the hospital, that whole scene from the last episode. They had to have had some sort of conversation. I, I just, I got that feeling. I definitely have that feeling. Uh, Weston says, just lurking while I watch. How's it going, Weston? Shout out to you. Um... All right. I mean, anything you guys want to talk about, throw it in the chat. I'm totally down to discuss it. At this stage of the game, she's got her brother. So I know we could sit here and just fan fan talk about what that means with this X-Men universe. I, I kind of brought it up, you know, five, ten minutes ago here on the show. But plot-wise, very important. Very important plot-wise. Because now she's got an ally. She's either got an ally that's going to help her completely try and take over, right? Or he's going to try and talk her out of it. What we know, I mean, in terms of writing, the way I would look at it would probably be maybe they'll try and get to him so that that way, you know, he can try and, and talk her down. But I think in her mind, she's going, hey, I've got an ally now. Two superheroes better than one superhero. The world is our oyster. And we don't know what he's thinking. We can speculate once again. But we don't know what he's thinking, at least at this point in time, based on the evidence that we have. This show is so fucking fantastic. I am so glad. I'm so glad Disney Plus, their plan, their plan with the MCU in general. You know... I thought, at first I thought this was going to be a misstep. I'm going, if every episode is going to have a sitcom vibe, it's going to, it's going to divide, there's going to be a division in the fan base because some people are just not going to be turned on to that. But what they're doing now with this balancing act, and I think as we get further along into the show, it's going to be more, it's going to be more real world, less sitcom, right? Who knows what can happen? Literally, who knows what can happen? And her, I think, us as an audience, as we progress in this show, are going to see her get stronger and stronger with her powers to levels that we've not seen yet. Because they had made the comment, they made the comment in the, in the war room, if you will, that's what I'll call it, that 
she could have beaten Thanos. She could have destroyed Thanos. So everyone knows how powerful she is already, let alone what her potential capabilities are. And that's that's something I'm really excited about. Lego says, what if the person Monica called for help is, is Kalos? I'm down for Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. See, that's the show that I want. That's the show that I want. Y'all remember the show Dinosaurs, right? That was a pretty cool show. Okay, back in the 90s. We're going to go back away. It's getting our DeLorean. To me, to watch that family of, with the, of the scrolls, right? To me, it gives off that vibe. And it could totally be this, like, PG-rated show. They only got to do, like, I want to watch four episodes. Doesn't even have to be a whole series. Just, like, a mini-mini-series. Four 30, 40-minute episodes following that family around in outer space. I'm so down for it. It would be fucking awesome. Just throwing it out there. Disney, Bob Iger, if you're listening right now. Kevin Feige, if you're listening right now. Check it out. Check it out, check it out, check it out. Okay. If there's anything else you guys would like to say, feel free to put it in the chat or in the stream labs. I'm going to sit around here for a couple more minutes and then I'm probably going to get out of here and go the fuck to bed because it's late. It's very late. This has been a blast. I'm so, I'm so excited. We've got what, four or five episodes left, four episodes left. This is going to be nuts. This is going to be nuts. Dinosaurs. Hey Rob, that's my jam. Yeah, I know it is. It's, it's good. It's a, it's good shit. I haven't seen it in in years literally the last time i watched that show was on vhs tape at like three houses ago so yeah it is what it is and i i sit around and i think sometimes like i've always wanted to see like for me it was always like get ang lee to make a, i always wanted a hawkeye movie directed by ang lee something like something between like the like the brokeback mountain like cinematography like uh scenery right that kind of vibe mixed with like crouching tiger hidden dragon like ang lee skills both films by ang lee but it's about hawkeye and it's just like it's just like this you know he's just like this guy and he's out he's retired and he lives on the on the farm right with his wife and kids and it's just this kind of like family drama and maybe we meet some of his relatives that would be interesting. And then there's like a, a bad guy that's not like Thanos level, but like street level. That's a threat to the town and Hawkeye has to face off with him. That movie would be amazing. So I just think like dinosaurs, the scroll family, 110%. Uh, yeah, there's four episodes left. Thanks, Matt. Vision and Wanda's relationship devolving this episode is painful. Vision screaming, I'm scared. and I don't remember my life before Westview is effing powerful. I completely agree. That was probably the best scene in the whole series so far when they both kind of fly up into the air and they're like squaring off with one another. How is she going to tell Vision? Like, is she going to tell him? Is he going to figure it out for himself? I mean, he is fucking Vision. But, yeah, it's it's going to be painful because I love Scarlet Witch. She's in my top five favorite MCU characters for sure. Um... And it sucks because she's like, she's kind of the bad guy right now, but it's Disney. So I don't see Disney like make, like fully turning her into the, like to this like evil person. 
like there's got to be some sort of sense of redemption at one point or another at least in my mind i don't know about you all but she has to be redeemable i think the way you know disney and the and the mcu is there's got she's she's got to have some redeeming qualities in her if she continues to go down this dark path that's why it would make sense that like uh agnes agatha is controlling this or mephisto or, or whomever else right that would totally make sense weston says crouching tiger should have won more awards movies that movie like was so great when it came out i haven't seen it in years but it really brought back that kind of style and, and and kind of film to like mainstream american audiences and it definitely like the early 2000s there were a lot of those kind of movies that, that came out afterwards it was fantastic but um yeah no i did that that square off scene at the end it was beautiful and elizabeth olsen I next year she's she's definitely gonna be nominated for an Emmy. There's there's I mean even Paul Bettany he's great. I mean they're always great, but Elizabeth Olsen she's finally getting her due. To me, you know, like I said, my favorite Elizabeth Olsen film is Wind River, which is just one of my favorite movies of all time. But finally, her getting to act as Wanda Maximoff as Scarlet Witch. And really getting some like meaty material to, to draw into. Like prior to this, her best her best scenes were with Vision in Civil War when they were locked at Tony Stark's place, the fortress together. You finally got to see a little bit of her character. So for me, it's like we're finally getting that. And she's got the acting chops. So, you know, this is a great time for her to shine, and I couldn't be more here for it. So, anyways. I'm going to be getting out of here. Thank you all for joining me. If you're uh, in the live chat, I thank you. Uh, do me a favor. Leave a comment after the fact. It really does help with the algorithms. Remember to fluff your pillows. Don't flush your pillows. Was, uh, was she kind of using her accent when she confronted everyone outside the town? Slightly, just a little bit. But yeah. So remember to fluff your pillows, or fluff your pillows, do not flush your pillows. You can find me everywhere at Rob Fishbeck and on Instagram at Rob underscore Fishbeck. You all have a great night. Get some sleep. I will see you later on this weekend. Fun stuff, fun stuff, 